Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I just asked if the Krispy Kreme near me was doing the free donut today and she was like, yes. I was like, oh, sorry. Now I'm, now I'm nervous. Good morning, Swim World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, June 11th. This is The Drop. I'm J.E. Skeets. Alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. What's up, Donut Daddies? We got the Top Shot Hot Boy, fellow freak, got his pocket dog hat on, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! Hey, the international man of mystery taking it to the Max Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. <clears throat> and last... Definitely not least, making the magic happen. JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live here on a Friday. Smash that like button, leave your comments, and subscribe. Thank you for helping us reach 40,000 subscribers. Next up, 50K. Yeah, baby. Um, I can't even remember anymore what we promised at 40K or 50K. I know one of them does involve Lee singing a country song. That was the 50k mark, but yeah. or did we bump that down to 40k? What do no, you remember? No, 40,000 was supposed to be me whistling "Patience" by Guns N' Roses. Oh! <laughs> can, can you give us a small taste right now? I can do the whole thing. It's not very long if you want right now. Yeah, go rip <laughs> it! I've been practicing because I thought it was coming, but you seem to have forgotten, so I didn't. I didn't want to remind you. But yeah, all right. Okay, one, two, one, two, three, four. Shed a tear because I'm missing you. <laughs> wow. Holy crap. You really were practicing. That wasn't I was. You were into I was. it there. Eyes closed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Nice. it's a beautiful song. I was a big Guns N' Roses head back in the day too. So uh, oh. that, that was one of my jams. Okay. Clip it and ship it. Axel needs to hear this. I have, I have to admit I barely recognized <laughs> if it. If he didn't tell you that's what he was uh, whistling, JD, you wouldn't have been able nah. to pull that? No. I would not have oh. been able to name that tune. <laughs> oh, great work, guys! That's why we got to get your subscriptions. Uh, you know, things like that, we hit these uh, benchmarks, and uh, we really deliver. Uh, also, much love to everybody who joined us for last night's happy hour watch party. Had Matteo dropping by for a few hours, had a blast. Uh, so, if you missed a live, by all means, go check it out on YouTube. Send in your questions and comments for next week's beach step and podcast email them in no dunks at theathletic.com you can tweet them in at no dunks inc and finally go grab your sweet no dunks merch over at no dunks.com t-shirts hoodies shorts we've got you covered literally okay 
We got rapid fire fun. We got tweet of the night. We'll look ahead to tonight's games. <laughs> Hootski saying, sadly, no dunks has now fallen to 39,000 subscribers as a result of uh, Lee's whistling. Uh, no, I thought that was pretty good, Lee. I, li- I liked how, like, you really, eyes closed. Like I said, you, you committed to it. Yeah. Respect. Well, whist- whistling in tune is pretty hard to do. Not many people mm. can do it very well. I'm not saying I did it, but I tried as best I could. So uh, I love yeah, the yeah. idea of you practicing, though, for oh, the last I was, couple I was of practicing days. Practicing a lot. Walking around the house, whistling away. Yeah. 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 Don't whistling. get me wrong. A for effort. I mean, you really did <laughs> exactly what Skeet said. You got into it. You you, you gave it 100%. I just didn't recognize the tune. As well. That's <laughs> but are you a big Guns N' Roses head, JD? I'm not sure where you stand. Of course I was. What do you mean? Yes, of course. <laughs> ah, well, there you go. Hey, listen. Oh, I knew I just knew I was going to be put onto the spot, so I thought uh, I, I was practicing all week, and oh. I thought, yeah, that's as good as I can do, so, you know. Whistling is like singing like that. Like, not many people can really whistle to a nice tune. Most people, it's mm-hmm. kind of obnoxious when they whistle. And, uh, and it's very annoying most of the time. Right. That wasn't, though. For sure. I'm sure the listeners wow. were loving it. Uh, they loved it. Well, don't worry. You don't need to start writing your country song anytime soon at the pace we uh, accumulate subscribers. It's going to be a while till 50K. Or maybe not. Maybe people now, they got a taste of what you're capable of, Lee. And I say, wow, if, they, if this guy can whistle Guns N' Roses, <laughs> wait, wait, what could this guy Maybe do with I, his own country song yeah. at 50? Maybe I threaten them. If we don't get to 50,000 by the end of the season, I'm going to sing every day next season on the show. Something oh, like wow. that. So the fans suffer. Mm, we'll oh, bring them do. down. Fascinating <laughs> twist to it. Okay, let's get into uh, tonight's ge- oh, tonight's last night's games before we get to tonight's games where we look ahead. Uh, we'll start in the West. Donovan Mitchell drops 37 tasks. Jazz beat the Clippers 117-111. For the 2-0 series lead. Here we go again with the Clips. But what were the big takeaways uh, from this entertaining game? Because the Clippers got back into it. And it was pretty close down the stretch. Yeah, this wasn't a typical Donovan Mitchell game where he took over late. Uh, yes, he had 37 in the end, and he is the guy that can make them a championship threat because he can take over late. Uh, but he had a very quiet end to this game. He had only three points in his last six minutes. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, Donovan Mitchell is going to be the guy who can get them there all the way to the finals, but he's going to need some performances around him. And for me, the difference was Boyan Bogdanovich. And when I say the name Bogdanovich, you expect, oh, he must have done it on the offensive end. <laughs> His last name ends with itch. He's a white guy. Uh, but no, uh, he did it on the defensive end. Now, take it back quickly. He wasn't in last year's playoffs because he was hurt. Uh, the year before that, he was with the Indiana Pacers where he was the best player on the team because Oladipo was out. They got swept. But the year before that was the year in 2018 where they took LeBron to seven games along with Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. And Boyan was the number one defender on LeBron James. Now, no one could stop LeBron James, but he did a really decent job on LeBron, as good as you can. He is a strong, tough dude. And when you watched him play Kawhi Leonard in the fourth quarter yesterday, that was very evident. He was getting after it. He was scrappy. He was stealing the ball from Kawhi Leonard. He was not giving up any ground. You know, despite Kawhi's chiseled body, you'd think Kawhi would be able to push Boyan wherever he wanted. That was not the case. Kawhi ended with two points in the fourth quarter. And they obviously wanted this win desperately on the road after losing one nothing, after going down one nothing. And uh, Kawhi just couldn't do it over Boyan. He was doing a, a crap ton on the defensive end to help slow Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but yeah, the Pacers got it done around 
uh, Donovan Mitchell, they hit 23s in this game uh, to support him. And uh, this was a pure team win. This was a win like they had all season long. A reason why people doubted them in the one seed, uh, because they were sort of a team that did it by committee. Last night, they did it by committee. Donovan Mitchell had, yeah, 37 when you look at it. But 27 were in the first half. And when his team went down six minutes left, to the Clippers. Clippers took that lead on Reggie Jackson's little 6-0 run. Mm -hmm. He only scored three points the rest of the way, but the Jazz did it defensively. They did it offensively and uh, just a great team win. This is this is the Jazzies people wanted and we've got a bar fight. I mean, I think I don't think the Clippers are going down by any means, but great win obviously by the Jazz to uh, take care of home court. Yeah, some wild swings in this, Lily, because uh, the Jazz were up huge and then Clippers go to some zone defense. Uh, it worked. And like Tass said, Reggie Jackson hits two threes. Suddenly they're in the lead, you know, sort of halfway through the, uh, the fourth quarter there. But then the Jazz force nine consecutive misses, and they go on a 14-2 run. Uh, and uh, Joe Ingles was playing a big part of that where he uh, stepped into a wide-open three there in sort of mm -hmm. semi-transition. It's like, uh, anybody want to pick him up? Um, but, yeah, just a crazy game just in sort of the ebbs and flows of it. Uh, are the Clippers done in your mind? Uh, or like Tass just said, no, this is far from over. They've already been down 2-0, of course, uh, in the Mavericks series, though this is not the Dallas team they're playing here in Utah. What do you think with the Clips? Did they need that one, I guess, what I'm getting at? Well, you know, it's a make-or-miss league. That's what we hear a lot. And in that fourth quarter, they went 4 of 13 from downtown. And honestly, uh, Marcus Morris can't hit one for them right now. I thought he got enough good looks. I thought the Clippers had enough looks mm -hmm. in this fourth quarter that – Two of those go down, maybe three of those go down, and we could be talking at a 1-1 series. I thought they got good enough, but then also, a couple of times, I thought they had some sloppy turnovers. You saw the one where, I think it was Reggie Jackson tried to loop it over Rudy Gobert, and Rudy just sort of stepped in and stole the ball, and they gave the Jazz another possession. Then at a couple of other times, like Rudy's presence just really uh, in the paint, either deflected a shot or, or turned a shot away. But when they move that ball, because clearly they want to try to spread the floor out and get Rudy away and just get him uh, chasing, they got the looks. They just couldn't knock him down. And I think that's really, like the Jazz were rotating around as well, but the ball, when that moves around, I think that's the Clippers' best chance to score against uh, against the Jazz because they do have everyone sort of contributes and everyone fights and everyone tries to get there. But that's the key when when Rudy's out there. They're not going to take Rudy off the floor, the Jazz. We've talked about that. He's far too important for them. They will take that, you know, even though he's uh, the, the Clippers try to go small against him, they will try to keep him out or they will keep him out there because he's just so impactful in other ways that don't always show up in the box score. But the Clippers, I have to take my hat off to them because they did compete in this game. When they were down 21 early in that third quarter, that's the sort of game, the second one, this is their, like, uh, you know, they've, they've just come off that seven-game series. You could see them kind of maybe going, this one's not done, this one's over, we've got to go back to L.A. and regroup. But they didn't. They fought. When Reggie Jackson sort of stole that inbound and gave them the lead, it was like, man, maybe the Clippers can do this. This would be huge for them. Uh, but they couldn't do it. But I've been pretty impressed with the way that they have uh, fought so far. You know, they haven't, uh, they haven't given up at any point. And, you know, they're still in it. I mean, as long as Mike Conley's out as well, I think they're a chance. I think he, uh, the Jazz are missing him somewhat with his extra ball handling there. But uh, so far, and, and you see Ty Lue as well. He's brought Patrick Beverly back out there, uh, which was unusual. I mean, we haven't really seen him for a while. Uh, you know, he did his. He actually did some okay defensive things. Um, some of his shot selection on the other end isn't isn't the best at times. But uh, overall, I think the Clippers, after the last series they just had where they were down 0-2 at home, they. I don't think they're done yet. I don't think this is going to be a sweep by any means. I think mm. I think they've got some fight in them. Obviously, game three is huge for them. 
Sounds Tra- like we got a bunch of Matt Austins on our shoulders here, <laughs> not wanting to bury the Clippers now that they're down 0-2. But you're exactly right, Lee. The Clippers have had a chance to win both of these games. Uh, they could have, you know, they could have taken either one of those. That would have been huge, obviously, for LA to get a win. In Utah, the key is going to be that we need to see the Kawhi that we saw in Game Six and Seven. Bogdanovich was incredible last night, like you're saying, Task guarding him. But Kawhi can obviously get to another level, and it's going to be tough because the Jazz defense is a lot better than the Mavericks defense, but we've seen Kawhi do it in the NBA Finals. We've seen Kawhi do it on the biggest stages. He needs to be a little bit better than 21 points for the night. He was putting up 40s against the Mavericks. Let's at least see a 30 in this next game uh, going back to L.A. I loved what uh, Tony Jones for The Athletic wrote about the Jazz this morning. He said one of the best things they've done in the two games is show an ability not to panic, um, which I think is spot on because they didn't panic in game one when they couldn't hit a shot, (laughs) when they missed uh, whatever it was, 20, 21 shots in a row. And they didn't panic in game two here when they went completely stagnant against the Clippers' zone defense, which really got them back in the game. And they didn't panic when even the Clippers took the lead uh, on those Reggie Jackson threes. It's just sort of like, let's keep doing our thing. And man, Ingles hit some crazy shot. Like that one layup that I swear went off the yeah. top of the backboard? Yeah. That He's was playing horse out there. That was Mark crazy. Oh, yeah. Mark, yeah. Mark um, right. Jones and, and Doris Burke on the call. Oh, <laughs> primo. Like yeah. one of the best pairs uh, that we have uh, on the broadcast team. Yeah, that was a crazy shot. And then you've got, like, Clarkson hit a couple insane shots, too, I thought. Like, he is the uh, the irrational confidence guy on this Jazz team. Like He, he like, banked home he, a three. I know. Yeah. And, and, and he had another one that was like, yeah. whoa, you're not open. And he, you know, he was feeling it. He hit a lot of threes. So he, he's just that type of guy. He can get hot, and he can knock him down, and he'll take him for sure. Uh, just out uh, these big shot after big shot. And it wasn't, like Tass said, it wasn't just Mitchell, the takeover. He did his work early, and these guys came through, I thought, uh, in a lot of spots there. So a good... A good team win. And Bogdanovich, we know, is a good defender because of his size. But you think, like, okay, he could handle Kawhi, like, in a post situation because he's a big dude. He's picking him up full court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, That's moving impressive. his feet. And, yeah, and I think he was getting away with being a little, uh, you know, physical. And a, and a different officiating crew, maybe, like, they, they call a couple whistles on him and he doesn't. But I, that was amazed just with the, the, his, his foot speed. It's like, God, this guy is really staying with him. Um, and it helps when you got Rudy back there. Like, you can do that, right? You're like, mm-hmm. well, if he, beans me, if he burns me, it, uh, you know, I feel confident with the big guy back there. He's going to deter the shot. Uh, great win. Uh, fun game. Again, with, yeah. the, with, the, with the crowd, with uh, Doris and Mark Jones on the call. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah I like you were... I- Go ahead. I think Boyan can get away with uh, being a little physical with Kawhi because he's not a flailer. Like, mm-hmm. Kawhi just absorbs yeah, right. contact he, he just he just takes it and so it's it's kind of hard to to whistle the defender uh but yeah uh, boyan just part of that crew uh that's different than the mavs when they were down uh you know they, they were up 2-0 on the clippers the difference is the jazz get it from everywhere they shot 55 percent in this game and then that's the, the scary part yeah if joe ingles is stepping in and clarkson is stepping in the clippers have to guard everybody now i think they did a Pretty good job. You have to leave somebody open in this league if you're, you know, kind of, uh, you know, tending towards Donovan Mitchell a little bit. I think they did a pretty good job. Kawhi just has to be more, more of himself uh, when he, when they go back and uh, looking down the rest of the roster. If guys are doing it like Reggie Jackson gave you 29, Paul George gave you 27. This should be a game you win in the postseason because Kawhi's got to be a little bit better. Maybe they go home. Maybe Marquise 
not Markeith, Marcus Morris uh, hits a shot. Uh, I think they, they feel good anyways, as good as you can feel going down 2-0, as good as they did going down 2-0 in the first series when Ty Lue says we got road corner advantage going into game three. I don't know. Now they got to go home. Is that a bad thing? I don't know. But I, th- I think I think just as far as the, the picture goes, they're playing small. They're keeping Rudy away from getting the dunks. Yeah, you know, a quiet 13 uh, in this one from, from on the offensive end. Now it's Trey's turn to talk. <laughs> that was actually a nice alley-oop uh, to ask, like Joe Ingles to Rudy Gobert, because I do want to talk about Rudy Gobert. It's been such a long time that this has happened. Uh, I kind of forget how to pitch to it. J.D., <laughs> Roll that beautiful beef footage. <laughs> Rudy Gobert had 20 rebounds. That's a lot of roast beef. Can I have a taste of your roast beef? No dunks. We love roast beef, which is rebounds. That's right. We got a fake Arby's commercial with a fake iPhone commercial in the middle of it. Can I have a taste of your roast beef? You said it, Tass. Uh, that's where that was from. That was good. Can I have a taste? That was good. Of your ice cream. <laughs> Give me that ice cream. Anyways, I thought Rudy was great. Like you're saying, Tass, it doesn't necessarily show up in the box score. Obviously, 20 rebounds does. I think 19 of them were on the defensive end because, as you've seen in some of those clips, the Clippers are just hanging out on the outside and there's nobody else there to grab the rebound. It was a dominant performance, I thought, for Rudy Gobert, and the guy took five shots. You see, there's like the attempt that Beverly had in the lane with about two minutes left where he just panics. Like, he's kind of been out of the rotation. He's not a scorer in the first place, finished 0 for 5 last night. And he's taking a pump fake party up against Rudy Gobert. A great post-game interview as well for Rudy Gobert. You know you had a good game when you're getting the Sports Center interview and you only took five shots. Mm-hmm. Scott Van Pelt asked him, so who are you comfortable just letting it fly from three? Basically anybody but me, Rudy Gobert says. Yeah. But then, he, but then he, he walked it back a little. He's like, maybe I'm saving him for the future. What if Rudy Gobert <laughs> becomes a shooter? I don't know. He's never going to come off the court. And it's impressive that he has such an impact even as a non-offensive player, just rolling to the hoop and being an intimidator outside. Gobert, I don't know, uh, was that showing off as a defensive player of the year performance? You know, you got to come out, grab a 20-rebound game and really lock things down? Maybe. Uh, The Clippers, people in the stream team are saying they could use Serge Ibaka here. Oh, yeah. That would definitely be big. We thought he was kind of going to be the key if the Clippers ever went up against the Lakers, but... Obviously, without him playing, the Clips haven't been able to get much production from whoever they're going to be calling their five, and Gobert's kind of running wild out there. Yeah, because mm. at least Serge, he can stretch the floor as, as a five. Like, you can, he might get Rudy out a little bit out of the paint, because uh, you sort of got to respect a, a Serge Ibaka three at this point of his career. And, of course, like, he's still, you know, defensive-minded enough that he can uh, challenge shots inside, too, for the Clips. Like, yeah, they're, they're missing him. But this is crazy. The Jazz are up 2-0 with, Mike Con- with no Mike Conley. Like you said, Lee, I don't even know what his status is. Like, they can slow play it now even, be a little more hesitant to bring him back, being up 2-0, maybe not. I don't know. Um, But that's amazing that they're doing this without him. But it helps you got Joe Ingles as, like, he's, like, he can play that point guard position. He's a funny guy. Uh, Actually, he is a funny guy. Uh, But he's uh, (laughs) he's got a funny game to him. But he's a great playmaker. Mm -hmm. He is. 
Yeah, and on the defensive end, it's like Bogdanovich. You sort of overest or underestimate his impact there. But he, you know, him and Paul George, he gets into it there with Paul George. He just gets in his way and makes it difficult for him. But you know, uh, the funny thing is, you know, Gobert did only take five shots last night, but three of them in the fourth quarter. Uh, and you know, if him and if if him and Jingles can get that pick and roll going a little bit more, I would like to see that when they are super small because I think that's an advantage that the Jazz aren't taking uh, as much of a chance as they can really because when they are super small. You can get a little bit more inside for Rudy, I think. So I uh, wonder if that does change perhaps in Game 3 if the Clippers still try to stay small because I think uh, that's something, uh, a chance for them to exploit there. Because Jingles has been a little bit, he slowed down a little bit towards the end of the season, uh, but they needed that performance from him last night. Again, with especially with Mike Conley out because they're missing Conley's uh, ball handling, they're missing his shooting, and they're missing his passing ability as well. So the Jazz will be pretty happy, I think, to be 2-0 up in this position. And uh, it does allow them, I think, just to... To be a little bit extra cautious here with yeah. uh, Mike Conley because like we're seeing with the uh, Nets with James Harden there I think that hamstring uh, you know they just know that if you come back and you're not ready then you could potentially be out for the rest of the, the, of the playoffs if you uh, really severely injure it yeah. yeah and Rudy Rudy had his best quarter in the fourth quarter because they were trying to kind of double Donovan Mitchell and get mm-hmm. the ball out of his mm-hmm. hand so Rudy got inside for sure and, and got those uh, those points there in the lane, and that's what he was doing, and got to the free throw line as well. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, I'm sorry, excuse me, Mike Conley would be so huge uh, if they try and, and double Donovan Mitchell. Uh, that, that's that's where he would he would just get into the lane and mm-hmm. be serving it up to, to Rudy Gobert. That, that's, that's really important. That's how they scored a lot of their points uh, this season. That being said, the good thing for the Clippers is that they – had to do this with sort of with Luca as well. They had to figure out the balance. We got to scramble. We got to kind of double him. It's uh, it's freaking hard work to guard everybody. And the Jazz just came through. And uh, if Mike Conley comes back, that's going to be another headache. But I want him to come back because that mint outfit he had on the bench, head to toe, and yeah. the color mint just has me thinking about mint chocolate chip ice cream. Can again. I have a taste of your mint ice cream? Ice cream yeah, I was off it for a bit, but man. Love me that minty. Mm. Yeah, it's bad. And he looked he looked stylish. I think he's looked great on the bench while he's been injured. <laughs> Boyan Bogdanovich, underrated as a basketball player defensively. Mike Conley underrated as a stylist. There he oh, is. Oh, wow, very it's a nice, nice color. Yeah. Yeah. Looking good. Shorts too. Mm, Stone Island, nice. Oh, Lee loves that. He's like, Oh yeah. If I can wear shorts, shorts to meet Daryl Morey, then Mike Conley can wear <laughs> shorts on the sidelines when he's not playing. That's a great thing. Uh, so Saturday night will be game three, uh, pivotally for obviously the Clippers. They have to win it, so that makes it exciting. That's an 8.30 p.m. Eastern start. Well, start, is it? I don't know. It's on ABC, this one. What's Bullseye yeah. Tip on that? It's got to be... They're a bit closer, though. 8.45, is it? Uh, I, don't I don't know. know. I, don't I can't know. tell. I don't know. Yeah. They yeah. change it. Know. Every game, it's changed. Sometimes it's three minutes after yeah. the start time. Sometimes it's uh, 20 minutes after the start time. Anyway, yeah. it's Saturday I think if you're the game. Jazz, though, yeah, I think it, it, you know, obviously it's in L.A., so they have home court. But the fact that the Clippers don't get that extra day of rest, I think, just uh, is, is something good for the Jazz here. Because the Clippers, again, since Sunday, haven't really had a chance to uh, just get an extra day's rest in there. Oh, hang on. I guess, what, Monday? When do they start? Tuesday? I don't yeah. know. They didn't get an extra day's rest. They played Sunday afternoon and then yeah, Tuesday yeah. and then Thursday. So. No, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Friday today. Yeah. Whew. Okay. <laughs> what day did you think it was? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, so you got to set your alarm that's... to Rebecca Black every Friday. Then you remember. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I thought of that, that name in a while. Well, can you whistle that, Lee? No. Oh, okay. Um, 
I have a quick question before we get to uh, eventually to our other games and, and the other stuff we have in the show. Because I heard it on another podcast this morning. Is Donovan Mitchell a superstar? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to confirm that. <laughs> because this other oh, podcast yeah. wasn't so sure. And I'm like, what? Mm. I, no, he, I think he, he's proving he is, that he is. <laughs> he's a superstar on, on a balanced team uh, that is the Utah Jazz. It just doesn't get the uh, recognition that others do. But if you look at that first half where he was huge, hitting those big, big shots, and then the game ceiling play basically was Donovan Mitchell again seeing Luke Kennard. Paul yeah. George tried to double, but he was like, I'm taking Kennard. George was a little late. Now, it was a tough shot still. It wasn't like he just blew past him. But that, to me, is what a superstar quality is. Like, we need a bucket here. I'm picking out my matchup, and I'm going in, and, and he knocked it in. So I, I think it's unquestionable Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. Yeah, okay. He's averaging 33 points per game this postseason, 36 last season. That's a superstar. Trey, you agree <laughs> or disagree? You've been quiet. So I, maybe, I was thinking maybe TK is going to swerve here. Maybe he's not. <laughs> What is a superstar? You know, what's a superstar? Oh, that's, that's what I'll ask you. What's a superstar? Just a top in the five player. Season, I don't think Donovan Mitchell is a top five player. Right. I'll say that. So right. I don't know what you set your uh, your recommendations as as a superstar, but the guy raises his game in the playoffs. And if he played for an L.A. team, he would no doubt be a superstar. And partnering up with Dwayne Wade, bringing Dwayne Wade in, that's going to raise Donovan Mitchell's profile. The guy seems to have locked in even harder this year. He seems to have just taken uh, his um, approach to the game. He seems a little bit more mature about it, and he just wants to keep it cool and keep performing. I saw on Twitter last night that people are saying Donovan Mitchell is now more clutch than Damian Lillard. Yeah, that was, that's, that's a Which little. seemed like a bit of a reach, <laughs> but my man is putting up 50-point games in the playoffs. He's done it more than one time. He keeps doing it. The Jazz have now won six straight. I don't know exactly where the cutoff is for Superstar, but he's been one of the few best players in the playoffs so far. So I think, uh, you know, if the Jazz make it to a conference finals, if they make it to a finals, and we're seeing these Mitchell performances time and time and time again, you can lock him in for sure. And we all all have different ways of kind of evaluating, you know, is this guy a superstar? Is he legit? But I think when it comes to Donovan Mitchell, there's no question for me that in his his young career, short career so far, he has shown he's not afraid to take the big shots, which that's one thing. But it's the other thing is he can actually carry a team. He can drag a team to a victory in a playoff, in a playoff series. And, And that to me is what's, what, what he stands out about doing. He's, it's like Donovan Mitchell's like, I know that I have to go out there and perform. And he does that. And it's not just shooting threes. It's going inside. It's getting to the line. Uh, so to me, he is a superstar. But it is being on a team like the Jazz that just does get overlooked. And they're just well-balanced team. So, mm-hmm. you know, like they... Uh, well, Gobert will make an All-NBA team, of course, but Mitchell may not. I don't think he will. I mean, he missed yeah. a good chunk of time at the end of the season. That, 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 that also. But, but I just think as well, it's just sort of like because so many contributors on that Jazz team, it doesn't necessarily make his game stand out the way that it should. Yeah. yeah, But he's a superstar in the playoffs, yeah. regardless of what he did in the regular season for mm-hmm. me. And he's going to write a book. I can feel it. Really? Because I think he's got the mental approach down. He's going to write a book about... Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, about just like D Wade has done some writing about yeah. fatherhood. I think I think the uh, the thesis behind Donovan Mitchell's book is going to be something about just the the mental aspect of of life, mental being mentally strong. You see him at the line, breathing through his free throws, and then we heard I thought it was it was kind of interesting sound from game one. Quinn Snyder going up to him and shaking his hand, his head coach saying, "Just just 
just get right mentally and you'll be there. Just get right mentally. And I think, I think that's, that's, that's what Donovan does. He just somehow it clicks mentally in the playoffs and he just gets right. And I can't wait to read about it. Well, he had a little lapse then last <laughs> night, kicking a chair out of frustration. Mm, he wasn't mentally yeah. right at that point, but hey, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it was mental for the other guys. That got, I think that got everybody oh, going a little Jesus, bit. Jesus, this guy's playing uh, chess, yeah. is he? He's thinking 10 steps he ahead. Is, he even I mean, brings that kind of stuff up in his post-game interviews where he's like, I'm trying to not show as much emotion this year. Like yeah. he's trying to keep his emotions in check so that he can kind of keep that even keel and, you know, not have the ups and the downs. Cause I do feel like in the past with Donovan Mitchell, not so much like a Tim Hardaway, like you were saying, Lee, like he's like 40 points one night for the other night. But I do think there are times, and we even kind of saw it a little bit last night where you can have like a 25 point half followed by a seven point half and a 32 point game. That's nice, but mm-hmm. you would like to see maybe 16 in the first half, 16 in the second half. But as he continues to progress in his career, as he's getting this tutelage from a guy like Dwayne Wade, who has done it, he's just learning how to pace himself in the game and how to really mm-hmm. control things and how to put his stamp on the game when the jazz really need it. Yeah. Oh, the controlling game. You saw that last day. It's like, okay, when Zubat is out here, well, let's get him in the action. Mm-hmm. I'll go at him and that'll be an easy jump shot and create space. And then you set it at the end again, like game one, uh, Luke Kennard's out here, you know, get me him. And yep. I mean, Luke Kennard and, and look, Paul George, we haven't even said Paul George's name here yet. Uh, he goosed his numbers, as he does at the end of most games. You notice that? Paul George does that a lot. Uh, so his, his box score doesn't look all that bad. Uh, but Donovan Mitchell was kicking his ass. Uh, and Paul George, I don't know, is he not like an elite sort of defensive stopper anymore? He used to be. We considered him. Uh, I don't. It's gone a little bit, and Mitchell's maybe just that good. And nobody can sort of slow him down. But mm. I thought he was abusing him as well. So yeah, just uh, dictating like you know, like who he's getting the matchups and that calmness. Trey, you're right. He's 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 locked in right now, and that's why they really should now being up 2-0, especially don't rush Conley back. They're not just trying to win this series. The Jazz, <laughs> they see a path to the finals, of course, and possibly winning the whole damn thing. So you know that's obviously what they're gunning for here. So you gain another. Uh, what four, two to four days of rest for Conley if they don't even have to bring him back? Let's say for a game four impossibility. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, I think, because they're going to need him to win a title. Uh, I think uh, I'm not saying anything yeah, I mean, too far. If, if, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just look at the next round potentially. If it, if, if it yeah. is against the Suns, that backcourt uh, is going to be a really good matchup. So you hope everyone's healthy for it. Just want to say, quick note: Quinn Snyder, he's got the coolest voice in the NBA. Yeah, he's got a good voice. Oh my god, I love it when they go to him. <laughs> You know, yeah. who was it? Uh, was it Cassidy, yeah. I think, uh, on the sidelines in the interview? Yeah, you know, we just got to keep on rebounding. Like, it's, <laughs> he's, like a, he's like a rocker. He's like, yeah, man. <laughs> got the same hair as him, too. Lee. He does, yeah, 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 yeah. One All thing right. I'll say that was weird about Quinn Snyder's look uh, last night, he was wearing a polo shirt, as coaches do these yeah. days. But the buttons on the polo, I felt, went like three quarters of the way down his shirt. That was a very deep placket. On Quinn's polo last night, so you know, just something to think about. Placket watch, yeah, sure. Yeah, placket watch. <laughs> okay, I think that's a good uh, point to uh, move yeah, on from yeah, that yeah. game when we're talking about Quinn Snyder's polo shirt. So let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. 
Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, back with the show. Let's take it back to the 90s, because that's what it felt like <laughs> with this game. Uh, the Bucks they blew a huge lead, but in the end, they rallied to edge the Nets 86-83. to Not a typo. That was the actual score of this game in Game 3, so they now trail the series two games to one. Uh, where do you want to start with this one, TK? Well, first of all, I'll say shout out to the Daily Ding. It was Dave DeFore and Keith Parrish on today. And they said last night, not just this game was a 90s night of basketball because we had a game in the 80s in the Eastern Conference. And then we had a 23-point game uh, from a West Coast team uh, there with the Jazz hit threes. That's exactly how it was in the 90s. The East Coast disgusting basketball and then out west you hope to see the highlights and inside stuff because they were running and gunning and that's definitely what it felt like but there's an old saying in basketball guys i'm sure you've heard this before live by the bruce brown die by the bruce brown yep (laughs) that's did both last night milwaukee got up early in this one 21 point lead in the first quarter but as you guys know those first half leads are not real the nets had a big second quarter tight game Heading into the half, so let's fast forward to the fourth quarter. A minute, 23 seconds left after Kevin Durant hits a three. He had 30 on the night, had scored nine straight at that point on some tough shots over P.J. Tucker. The Nets are up three, and it was looking like this was going to be the series. Next possession for the Bucks. Chris Middleton scores to bring Milwaukee within one. They trade some misses, and the Nets get the ball back with about 30 seconds left. The big play. Pick and roll with Kyrie Irving and Bruce Brown. Kyrie drops it off to Bruce Brown in the lane. He shoots a floater over the much taller Brook Lopez. It rolls off. Definitely would have liked to see KD get a touch there, but no harm done if you play defense on the other end. Drew Holiday brings the ball up court. Maybe fakes a timeout. (laughs) Maybe he just caught the Nets thinking he was going to call a timeout. Whatever it was, he had a little bit of extra momentum. Seemed like he caught the Nets off guard. A nice spin move on Bruce Brown. Tough lefty layup. Bucks up one. Nets get the ball back. Almost botched the inbounds pass. It's a broken play. You guessed it. Ends up in Bruce Brown's hand. Lefty layup attempt over the... Much taller, Brooke Lopez. This one clanks off, and Milwaukee takes game three. Bruce Brown had a really nice game last night until he missed the two last shots, basically, that the Nets took. Tough shots, and I mean, if you're a six foot four guy going over a seven footer, that's going to be tough. And if you got Kevin Durant cooking outside, people are going to say you should pass him the ball. Post game, KD said, we had some opportunities that we rushed. That's probably true, but. 
nice win for the Bucks to be able to pull out an ugly one like this. And now maybe, maybe, maybe we could have a series here. 2-1, if the Bucks are able to pull out another ugly one in game three, we got all sales a series. Mm, it's interesting you say that because it feels like the consensus, Lee, is everybody's like, no, Nets are going to win game four by 25 points and then they're going to win this in five because... Uh, yeah, they, they looked like they had their chances to win. They, of course, had their chances to, to win this. And yeah, it was the Bruce Brown show there late. It was ugly, though. I mean, the shooting in the fourth quarter was Bucks 7 to 26, Nets 8 to 24. Kyrie said it was a good old fashioned playoff game <laughs> right there. <laughs> uh, again, back in the 90s, it was very Knicks heat light. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think of this, uh, this, this game? I mean, the Bucks pulled it out in the muck it up fashion, but is maybe yeah. that their best bet moving forward in this series? Like, you got to pray that they get another one of these in game four? Well, the Raptors were down 2-0 against the Bucks, remember? And game three, the Raptors pulled out the victory. It wasn't pretty, but they got it done, and then they went on to win the series. If you're the Bucks now, you're like, maybe that can be us because you just have to survive. You just have to win the game. Doesn't matter how, doesn't matter how ugly it was. When Kevin Durant hit that three, I was also like, this is done. There's no way they're losing from here. But they did. The Bucks found a way to get that victory. And when they, they when these games are so ugly like this and no one can score, you just want to be ahead when the final, the final siren sounds. And that's what it was, really. This wasn't like a win. It was more just like these two teams are just scrapping and fighting and then all of a sudden it's the end of the game okay you're ahead so that's it that's all that counts but um look I thought the first quarter the Bucks came out with that urgency of a team that knows their season's on the line mm-hmm. and they went to Giannis he attacked and he dunked early and they built that big lead but the big question coming out of it is Giannis took eight three-pointers in this game he didn't hit one until the fourth quarter and I just don't think that's a recipe for success going forward for the Bucks. I think Giannis has to... The Nets will give it to him. And, and he's just playing into their hands by doing that. So Giannis, when he attacks the paint and when he's going toward the rim, I think that's a much more sound recipe for the Bucks to get points on the board and to potentially win game four. But when the, when Nick Claxton and, and, and those other guys are just saying, it's yours, Giannis, take it, shoot it all you want. And he, he falls for that trap. He's shooting 12% for the series. I think he simply has to either move in, go into the paint and take a, a much higher percentage shot or just pass it around. He can't, he can't just give them that shot because, it, it, I mean, I didn't look at them to see what the resulting plays were, but it's effectively going to be a turnover for them if he's going to keep shooting those ones and clunking them. So I, I think the Nets, uh, the, the Bucks need to tidy that up. Uh, they got, basically it was Giannis and Middleton, the only two guys who really scored for them in this game. So They, they do scored need 79% of the team's yeah. points. The highest so percentage they, of any team's points by a duo in NBA playoff history. Yeah, which That's is wild. Yeah. But um, uh, so I think that, but also, I mean, it wasn't just Yana. Bryn Forbes took some awful three-pointers at the start of that fourth quarter. So uh, they just need to get some better shots, better shot selection, I think. But again, the Bucks won. That's all they had to do in this game. <laughs> That's it. And they did it. It does not matter now how they get another chance in game four to uh, to continue to get back into this series. And if they can do it, then maybe it'll be a little bit like it was against the Heat where awful game against the Heat, but they won. And then they started to click a little bit more and got some uh, other offensive contributions Mm. from guys. Because uh, that fourth quarter, I love basketball. We make our career out of it. <laughs> don't anyone go back and watch that fourth quarter. You don't need to. It's, it's one of those games where you're like, oh, my God, can someone hit a shot? There were some awful, awful shots there. So, uh, But anyway, I'm glad for the Bucks that they won because I'm glad this series is still technically alive. Yeah, Tass, during uh, the, the happy hour watch party, I think it was at halftime you were pointing out like, man, that was a rough 
first half for Kevin Durant. Like, when was the last time he sort of had a playoff performance like that? Up to that point, he hadn't shooting all that well. I mean, nobody was in this game. But then it's KD, and he found a little groove there late in this game. I mean, he scored, uh, what, the Nets' last nine points. He finished mm-hmm. with 30 uh, in a game, again, where nobody could score. And he even had a chance to tie it right there at the buzzer, which was like... Wasn't that far off uh, from from knocking that down? Maybe putting this into overtime. But what what do you think of the chances of the Nets? Excuse me, of the Bucks coming back in this? Like Lee saying, maybe you know, just getting that ugly one unlock something. Or come on, is the flip side like, uh, yeah, the Nets are gonna smoke them if they just hit a couple more shots? Like Joe Harris went one of eleven. Kyrie did nothing. KD did not have a good game despite finishing with thirty. Like, what do you think? Well, I too likely love basketball. <laughs> good, and uh, <laughs> I too, I too likely have made a career out of watching basketball. I've watched Kevin Durant for a long freaking time, and uh, I've gotten a lot of joy out of it. I, I think that first half was his worst half I've ever watched. Now, I could probably be forgetting something, but he was 2 of 10, four turnovers, just a ball slipping out of his hands. It, it was a real butterfinger situation. He made some some nice passes, some nice reads, uh, but uh, I do not think he plays that bad again. Now, he was, yeah, 9 of 18 in the second half. No turnovers in the second half. He really did turn it around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, even Kyrie just wasn't himself. I'm not sure why Kyrie gave it to Bruce Brown with 30 seconds left in that pick-and-roll situation. I thought we were going to get a typical 1-2. This is what we signed up for in Brooklyn before James Harden got here. Kevin Durant you know, sets it up, and, and Kyrie Irving knocks down the pins at the end. I thought that's what we were going to get. And somehow... Um, it, it was the Bucks twosome. Uh, you got to be extremely happy about Giannis and Chris Middleton coming out in the first quarter and really putting their foot down. They each scored 15 in the first quarter. And and just to see Chris Middleton firing away, not going down. Like, they have had their backs against the wall before. This happened last year against the Heat. Chris Middleton did come out firing. And, uh, you know, it, it, that is what they need. Uh they need Yanis to come out in the first quarter because he's not going to be a fourth-quarter scorer, really. And then Chris Middleton to get flowing. And that, that's exactly what happened. Yanis really just started dunking on everybody. Chris Middleton caught his flow. And as much as I love Drew Holiday and everybody loves Drew Holiday, he does avert criticism at all times. He's a max player now, and mm. he can't really be in single digits anymore. Oh, they they pay all three of these. That's right. They pay all three of these guys to, um, to be that threesome. This is what they have going forward. Drew does not get criticized. He somehow, somehow got that layup that Trey was talking about to go with 14 seconds left for the go-ahead basket. He walked to the rim. It's nuts. I've watched it so many times to watch what Kevin Durant and Blake Griffin were doing in the lane. KD may have been tired. (laughs) I don't know. Or yet the the, the fake timeout, Mm -hmm. as Trey said, maybe. They didn't even jump. They just didn't (laughs) jump. This is a game-winning shot. They just... They're just happy to be up 2-0 and they know they're going to win. Is that is that what they're waiting for? They're waiting for the conference finals and, and potentially the finals? I don't know. It, it really was weird. Uh, but all that to say, I think they got to be better in, in game four. I agree that, um, yeah, the Nets just aren't going to play this bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joe Harris not going to shoot one for 11. Uh, they're not going to have all these guys in single digits as supporting players uh, uh, like they did you know, surrounding KD and Kyrie. Isn't that the argument, though, if you're a Bucks fan as well? We haven't played well yet in three games, and we're only down 2-1. Bucks haven't shot mm-hmm. over 30% from three in a game so far. I think they're 22% on the series. A 23-point game at home in game four. You're looking at a tied series, and yeah, it was ugly for the first three for Milwaukee, but they can obviously be better. Um, Brooke Lopez hitting a shot. That would be nice. Uh, 
Giannis not taking the threes, dishing it to somebody who can hit the threes, whether that be Middleton, whether that be Drew Holiday, that would be nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, in an ugly game, I think I would take the Bucks to win it, and they did win it last night. There was gonna, there was bound to be a low-scoring game. I think this was the lowest-scoring game for both teams this season. So if you're the Bucks, you got to be feeling okay. Yeah, you got blown out in the first two games. It looked ugly, but you want to scrap a lappy one. You got a game coming here at home again. Just go out and use your home court advantage. Knock down some three-pointers, and maybe you're going back to Brooklyn, and this is a series. Yeah, it's definitely the lowest uh, you know scoring output there for the Nets, for sure. And uh, for the Bucks, this is the second game in a row they scored 86 points. <laughs> one oh. came in a you know a 40-point loss, and one came in a three-point victory or whatever it was in the end. That's, uh, that's how weird this game was. Middleton is the key. He was awesome. You know, I was killing him after the first two games where he shot a combined 13 or 43. I said, I'm never... Never going to be tricked into putting this guy on my all-star team again. But he was wicked. 35 points on 25 shots. And he got to the line, too. 15 boards, but there was a lot of rebounds to yeah. go around. But that, that's fine. <laughs> it, it was his best game since you, uh, you slipped it in there, Tass, since game four of the Eastern Conference semis in the bubble versus the Heat when they were down 3-0. And, you know, you got to win to survive. And he scored 36 in that one to keep the, the Bucks season alive at that point. The problem, though, because I went and checked, Middleton very rarely, in fact... Only once in his entire playoff career has had back-to-back 25-plus points in games in a playoff series. And they're going to need it. They're going to need a 25-30 point game from Chris Middleton. Uh, especially if Drew is struggling offensively the way he is. If Brooke can't hit a shot, then it's got to be him. Uh, last time he did it, the only time he's done it is his first two games in, a, in uh, two losses, actually, in the first round against the Celtics in 18. So... You know, Middleton needs to be awesome again at home. And he could. The guy gets in his flow and he, and he can knock down shots. There's no doubt. Yeah. But he has the to other, be. The other avenue is what Trey said. They just got to bomb away from three. This is the team that set the NBA record for most threes in a game with 20 frickin' nine uh, earlier this season. But I think what the Nets are doing defensively kind of takes that away. They're not doubling anybody. They're not even doubling Giannis. They're, they're kind of sending a you know, second set of eyes. But... Um, they're at home on the shooters. They're doing mm-hmm. a pretty good job on the shooters. So that's the problem. Uh, I did not look in the advanced box score to see if these threes are contested, but they sure feel like they're contested mm-hmm. uh, because they're switching everybody because that's that's what they like to do with Blake Griffin at center. They think they can switch everything. They do that. And that's why DeAndre Jordan is not on the floor. So they are there. They say, hey, Giannis, you want to score 50? Go ahead. Middleton's going to have to score 30, but we're going to limit, limit Bryn Forbes and, and Brooke and guys like that uh, from the three-point line. I like that we got a little spiciness in this one, though, between uh, P.J. Tucker and, and Kevin Durant. Uh, and a security guard yeah, coming secu- in. Yeah, wow. Dropping the shoulder check. Came Looked in like hot, Montrez Harrell. He, yeah, oh, man, yeah, yeah that, was a, that was quite the shot. It was, uh, it was nice to see, though, uh, P.J. Tucker and Kevin Durant. They've obviously got a lot of history playing in the Western Conference playoffs against each other. Now they're out in the East beefing. I love it. Oh, yeah. And like I, I tweeted it at you guys looking like uh, my buddy Grish in Vegas like, going forehead to forehead, <laughs> nose to nose uh, with each other. It's like yeah. flashbacks to Summer League. Oh, God, he's got too many uh, too many pops in him. He wants to go forehead to forehead with somebody. Really <laughs> tell him how he feels. Uh, what were you yeah, well, look, PJ, well, PJ's clearly overmatched. I mean, Kevin, it's Kevin Durant. You yeah. know, there's no there's no natural stopper out there for him. So he has to try to find a way to sort of just make it dirty, make it grimy and, and, and try to just uh, get in his shorts. Yeah, you have. Uh, 
to play more physical. I mean, exactly. because those, those, through to. those first yeah. two games, it was yeah. too easy. I mean, yeah, yeah. You can't stop but, him, but you got to try and like yeah. at least get physical with the guy. Yeah, and, and and you saw when he went on that run in that fourth quarter, though, it still feels though like when Kevin Durant really wants to, he can just get to that little mid ranger and, and knock it down. But you know, PJ's job out there. I mean, it's clear that Budenholzer is going to stick with him on him. Okay, you have to find a way then to get Kevin Durant off his game, even if that's mental, by just you know annoying him. Because he was doing this in those regular season games as well. He was talking to Kevin Durant, saying, "I've been scouting you, and you weren't supposed to make this move. You're supposed to go the other right, way." Right. But, uh, so he's up for the battle. But it, it's yeah. you know it's 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 heavily in Kevin Durant's favor as every other matchup against him is. But PJ, you know, at least he gets one on the board last night in, in the fact that his team won. And we talked about this on last night's happy hour, especially right off the top of the show, if you want to go back and check it out. But we brought up Giannis and his one for eight from downtown. He also struggled at the line again, Lee. Um, He airballed one. He got the 10-second violation called. I mean, this has become a huge story. He's six of 19 on free throw Mm. attempts in this series. Mm. So, I mean, you do keep saying, and he was thriving as the roller in the screen and roll, especially early in the game. He was operating in space. He was attacking, attacking, attacking for the most part. But you do wonder, is he settling for some of these threes because he's a little terrified of being fouled when he attacks? And it's not going well when he's there. It's the loneliest place on the earth right now, and he just likes to stay there for 15 seconds longer than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 Maybe it is, maybe it's not. He doesn't seem like he's wired like that type of guy that he'd be shook. But God, this is—it's getting uglier and uglier every yeah. free throw attempt. Oh, I uh, yeah, I don't like him settling for the three pointer when they're this bad. Uh, I, I I think I guess there's one thing in the back of his mind is him getting offensive fouls as well because he's done that. He's picked yes, those up. True. And the Nets are going to try to play him low because they can't contest him. Like Blake Griffin's not a rim protector in that sense. But I would just much rather see him still going at the hoop like he did in those first three or four possessions. Just charge at the hoop like that. When it opens up, uh, their defense wasn't necessarily set. That's when Giannis can really exploit the lack of uh, rim protection there from the Clippers because he, uh, from the Clippers, from the uh, Nets, because they can't contest him when he goes up. You saw Steve Nash actually threw his coach's challenge out on a weird one because he clearly got hacked. Mm -hmm. And that to me just emphasized again the point when Giannis is up that high, there's no one to stop that shot. So the Nets instead, and even though he's not shooting well from the free throw line, if you can get guys in foul trouble, that's at least something as well. So I think he just, I want to see him just more and more active toward the hoop into the paint rather than those threes because I think that's just playing into the net's hands and uh, he's taken I think 19 uh, free throws and 16 three-pointers in this series you want to see a much 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 bigger uh, gap towards the free throws again he's not shooting them well but it just creates more opportunity at least for the Bucks. and we were talking again on happy hour we want to see him uh, implement the Rodman free throw strategy Trey Kirby like where you just get the ball and shoot it Uh, don't do do your 10 dribbles and take your 13 seconds just like Rodman used to they'd handle the ball boom shoot it why not at this point clip it and ship it get it pop it up I saw a tweet today somebody had uh, Usain Bolt running the 100 meter dash finish faster than LeBron or than uh, Giannis (laughs) takes to shoot a free throw I was like wow that's that's actually a great comparison right there I like Steve Gabby explaining that 10 seconds is really 13 seconds time as we know completely made up so good to see it happens in the NBA as well but I don't know man Giannis people just want to coach up Giannis all the time we say, hey, man, you got to work on your three-pointer. You got to be able to shoot three-pointers. Then he shoots him. And I was like, stop shooting three-pointers. For his entire career, I'm sure people are telling him, you got to have a routine at the free-throw line. You got to do it every single time. That's how you become a consistent foul shooter. Now everybody's saying, hey, don't have a routine at the free-throw line. Just go up there and shoot it. 
Everybody's got the answers for Giannis, but uh, the guy's a two-time MVP. He played 43 minutes last night. Nobody's given Mike Budenholzer any love for playing him massive <laughs> minutes Good in point, a must-win yeah. game. If I'm the Bucks, honestly, I'm not feeling terrible right now. You got to think we've played three horrible games. Yeah. We can turn it around. Yeah, they have played yeah. like garbage, and they, they, they can tie this up at least in game four. That's true. Uh, it is weird to see a guy do a, a quick free throw routine. It just it doesn't really happen. Everybody's got like a three, four, five second at yeah, least, you know, usually. like spin the ball, do something. But Robin Lopez, his teammate last year uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks, he's got a real quickie, one bounce fire. Like he, it is the fastest one in the NBA. It's it's Rodman. Like uh, I don't know if Brooke is uh, in Giannis's ear. Probably not. But he could be saying, "Hey, my brother's got a really quick one." You remember last year? <laughs> he doesn't shoot a lot of free throws, but uh, that it, I think it would help. And I think it is in Giannis's head because not to play uh, BDL here, but sometimes we got oh BLD. Paul, don't lie, got me. Body language doctor is what I meant to say. BLD. But what Giannis usually has, like that 6-7 pre-free throw routine that we see him go through the the entire motion, then he gets the ball. And quite often, the ref tries to pass him the ball. He says, no, 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 I got my pre-free throw routine to do. And yesterday... It, he did it once, gave the ball back, went through it. And then later on in the game, he had the end one. It was through Nick Claxton. It was a really beautiful play. He went to center court before the free throws because he's thinking about it. He came back. Ref gave him the ball before he did it. And he's like, ah, shit. I guess I'm just going just gonna, to gonna, gonna do the free throw routine, or my, my regular thing. So he didn't get to do his pre-free throw routine. So I, I wanted him to see be a little bit more affirmative and just, no, man, I'm the MVP. I'm turning this into a baseball game. This used to be the fastest of the four major sports, but I'm going to sit here for 20 seconds. Uh, yeah, nobody likes watching free throws, but, man, that camera, they're, they're, they're just we're just all watching. Baseline wow. cam, we're just watching a good 10 13 seconds, as Steve Jabby put it. Well, then you've got, like, Nets fans, I assume, in the uh, crowd still getting the chant going, the countdown or whatever, mm-hmm. and count up, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and you can hear them, <laughs> so he can hear them. Uh, oh, yeah. Man, it's a it's a wild ride, Giannis, at the free throw line right now. Uh, but excited for game four. That one, Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Again, 3 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> we'll find out when the bullseye is. Uh, but I'm excited for that. In fact, let's just look ahead to the weekend's games. I said Jazz Clippers on Saturday. We got the Nets box, and then we'll have game four of Suns Nuggets. But tonight, Lily, Sixers, Hawks, kaka, game three tied at one in the series. You might call it pivotal. Magic Johnson might. You might. And then we have Suns Nuggets game three. What's one thing you're watching for in either of these games, Lily? I'm watching for seeing your boys down at the Fortress tonight. We're going to be there in person cheering on the Hawks. Uh, so you're going to be but, watching yourself? Yeah, of course. <laughs> or you'll course. be you're watching the camera. Uh, you know, the crazy uh, selfie and that going. Right. But uh, no, I'm really interested to see how the uh, Sixers come out and defend Trey Young because uh, I think that's key to the start of the game. In, in the first game, Trey Young came out and, and absolutely cooked the Sixers in the first half. And uh, the Atlanta Hawks held on to win in game two. Clearly, it was different. It was Ben Simmons. And uh, will will Doc Rivers start with Ben Simmons yes. again? Or the answer is absolutely he... yes. Well, yeah, but the other, <laughs> other question was, does he maybe uh, bring Tybal into the starting lineup and, uh, and put him on him instead? Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't think so, but... Um... I think that's going to be key because they uh, this this is a pivotal game in this series, and I, and I think that the Hawks really need this one as well. I think they've they've stolen home court advantage, but you now have to uh, hold on and emphasize that advantage and make sure that they uh, don't go into Sunday's game having to win that. Well, 
Monday's game having to win that one to stay alive in the series and, and face potentially a closeout in Philadelphia. So I think uh, I think it's big. When Trey Young starts well and starts hitting those shots and moves the ball around, the Hawks tend to go on and win the game. So uh, I think it's a, it's a huge, huge first 12 minutes of tonight's game. Now, will you be wearing like a Hawks... Jersey, shirt, sweater, Lee. Of yeah. course, of oh, course, of course. Okay. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got three to choose from. Uh, I mean, you know, my Kyle Corver one is my favorite, and yes. then I've got the Threeses one from the uh, Hawks Bros. But then you're wearing a black shirt when everyone else is going to be wearing red. Oh, they so, want, they, uh, I think they want people to wear red tonight. I believe. Yeah, too, so I think too. I'm going to have to bring out the neat throwback uh, Atlanta Hawks Pac Man shirt. So um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Look for it on a on an Instagram account near you. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to Lee asking me to take his photo tonight. <laughs> I can't Ma- wait. I legit mask can't wait. on, mask on, or mask off. Yeah, take that photo. I'm masking on. I'm masking on. I'm still masking indoors. I'm double vaxxed up, but I'm still masking indoors. Okay, okay. You got a cool mask too. I like that mask you're rocking lately. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out kangaroojack.com. No, that's what, yeah, you. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. right, right. Uh, Tess, just same question. Something you're watching for in either that game that you'll be down there standing room only in or uh, the, the second game tonight, game three, the Nuggets obviously trying to stay alive, basically. Yeah, well, first, I, I just want to see Trey Young have a bounce back game. I, I do think that he was sped up by Ben Simmons. He wasn't right. Uh, he was you know, taking early shots. The second round is different from the first round. Like the the lights are definitely brighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are definitely watching what you're wearing down at the arena just a little bit more. No, but it it is uh, it, it it's it's a bigger stage, and uh, Trey Young has to respond. And, and sometimes it takes a couple of years to to grow into every series. This is his first time in the second round. Uh, there's pressure on him. He's got an incredible defender in Ben Simmons going to be on him. Uh, so that's what I'm watching. I'm just I'm watching that matchup first mm-hmm. and foremost. And it is interesting to see whether Doc responds to Nate McMillan's lineup change before Nate McMillan makes the lineup change. Because we got to assume that Kevin Herter is going to be in the starting lineup uh, for Solomon Hill. Maybe he comes off the bench, but I assume he's going in there. Seth Curry's probably going to have to play him. Matisse Thibel, you know, could be uh, coming in for Danny Green. Uh, that sort of makes sense. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I don't think he makes a lineup change before Nate McMillan does. But Kevin Herter should get cooking. Uh, pretty early. I mean, I I, I really believe in uh, in Kevin Herter. You know, the last couple of games he's been balling, and I uh, saw a crazy photo uh, from Tim Reynolds that only five years ago, Kevin Herter was winning uh, the his high school New York State baseball championship, mm, and now he's going to be right. starting in the playoffs. Weird stuff. Just, I mean, and his best friend is a pitcher for the Atlanta Braves from uh from high school. They played on the team together. Ian huh. Anderson. Ah. Huh. Both ended up in Atlanta. Crazy stuff. The more you know. The more you know. TK, what are you watching for tonight? Real talk, Skeetington. I'm not watching any of these games tonight. I'm going out of town. Wow. So I'll catch the highlights. Where are you going? I'm going to a lake house to rip some lips with my mom who is in town. (laughs) Uh, But let me tell you some things I would be watching for. Anybody going to stop Joel Embiid? I don't think so. Uh, Lee, I'm actually a little bit shocked that you're going to be wearing Hawks gear. I know you're going to a Hawks game. Might run into Daryl Morey there. Oh, that'd be awkward. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. Uh-oh. After you left last night, Trey, he did ask if we're, if we're going to be supporting the Sixers. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, it's just we're in Atlanta. I mean, we're sort of the Hawks fans. I mean, you know. I, 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 I couldn't just say, well, yeah, all right, I'm just going to say it. I had to be honest. I had to be honest. I just said, look, I'm going to be wearing a Hawks shirt. So, you know. 
Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> um, I mentioned on Happy Hour last night, Barkley was there as well. Had a, I overheard a nice conversation between him and Daryl Morey talking about how incredible of a player Joel Embiid was. And Barkley is saying, I've never seen anything like Joel Embiid, and the guy's been dominant in this series. He's at 39 and a half points a game. He goes to the free throw line almost 20 times, and the great thing about Joel Embiid is he's a great free throw shooter, yeah. so you can't just hope that the ball gets dumped into him, you hack him, send him to the line, and hope he misses. That ain't gonna happen. The Hawks need to figure out something to get the ball out of his hands to make literally anybody else beat them, because Embiid has put his stamp on this series. He's been the best player so far. Um, and I don't know. They just got to figure it out. I think they got 18 points combined in game two from their front court. Meanwhile, Embiid was going for 40. So they got to be a little bit better in there. And in the other game, um, since apparently nobody else is going to be watching this one too, mm-hmm. Nuggets got to win. It's a must-win game <laughs> for them. Uh, this is much like the Bucks last night. They have been, the, the Nuggets were outclassed by the Suns in the first two games of this series, but now they're heading back home. Even if it's an ugly win, that's probably the best uh, scenario for the Nuggets. They don't have a lot of firepower right now, but Jokic has not been great in this series. He's been good. They need the MVP. Yeah, um, very excited. I want you know what I really want to happen down at the Fortress tonight. I want a super close game, of course. I want a I want a game winner in the playoffs. Mm. I've never been in attendance for a game winner in, in, a, in a playoff game. I would love to see that. I don't care if it's the Hawks or the Sixers. Give me someone hitting a buzzer beater to win a to win a game three here down uh, while we're in attendance. That's what I want, Lily. Can you make that happen for me? Can you, can you talk oh, to Daryl? I'll see what I can do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Excited for the games. Tons of games on, and we'll be back, of course, on Monday to, uh, to break them all down. Still got Tweet of the Night. Still got Rapid Fire Fun. But one more quick break to hear from our sponsors. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. And end of ads for this one. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. 
Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the night is jazz guard Jordan Clarkson after game two, because he's a vibe, y'all. Rocking the sunglasses like he's Lee Ellis, the bartender, speaking like he's a laid back Lou Williams. He was asked about what he brings to the Utah Jazz team. Listen and watch. But I'm still trying to bring that free, uh, just flowing, you know, vibe to this team and, uh, you know, continue to do that. And, you know, I really don't think about uh, a legacy and what I leave behind, but if it was, they, they know JC was free and, um, you know, did what he did <laughs> on his own time. <laughs> yes, speak it, man. I love this guy. He goes third person, but it's not even Jordan. He doesn't... Referred himself as Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, he just referred himself as JC. Jesus Christ, Jordan Clarkson. No, uh, good, good stuff from, from Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, and hopefully, if you're not watching this uh, on YouTube, you're listening to this after, go watch the clip of it or jump on YouTube to see him because he is all decked out. What would you uh, describe the uh, the blazer dress shirt combo as there, Trey? Drip. <laughs> that man had drip he banked in a three-pointer from the wing last night so yeah. jc was watching over jc yes yes that was nice yes. Chazé, of course i'm speaking of jc Chazé, huge <laughs> jazz fan you know he yeah. loves the vocal runs yeah. yes. uh, six, six oh, three-pointers yeah. oh who, oh who's that who's who's that so, did a car drive through someone's home? Yeah. <laughs> Why is nobody reacting? Know. It was I loud mean, in my ears, but I don't know where it was. I, I don't know. Oh, like a car drove past here, but it wasn't. I didn't think it was super loud. Oh, but. it sounded super loud in my in my cans. <laughs> Maybe it was me for crying out loud. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right, let's wrap this bad boy up with some rapid fire fun. Tassie, you got the questions today. Here we go. Mavs legend Dirk Nowitzki told TMZ this week that Luka Doncic has already surpassed him as the greatest Dallas Maverick of all time. Whoa, Dirk, slow your flow, my man. That's a little too soon for that. What's something in your life which seems inevitable but hasn't happened quite yet? Skeets. I apologize for uh, bringing this up for probably the 10th time in the last couple of weeks, but I am doing 30 days of yoga with Adrian and... It seems inevitable that it will one day happen where I can get my heels to touch the ground in a downward dog. <laughs> but it hasn't happened yet, and it's going to be a while. But we'll get there. They're already dropping a little bit more than they were on day one. We're at, like, day 25 now. But, my, you know, you see people do it. You're just like, how? I, 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 don't, I don't, will I ever get there? Can I ever bend that way? But slowly but surely, I think I will. It's inevitable that those heels will be down in a downward dog. <laughs> That's why so we no. call it practice, man. We're That's all right. working hard. It's exactly best right. for our bodies. That's right. Do, do what feels good. <laughs> do what feels good. <laughs> the classic saying from Adrian. For sure. Uh, for me, right. it's composting. I seem like a guy that would compost, uh, you know, an amateur outdoorsman, an amateur gardener. Just don't have the space for composting here. I know you can do it like um, in your freezer. Like you can have a comp like a small compost bin in your freezer. I just haven't done it, but good news, uh, Skeets, you teased it a little bit last yeah. night. Nearing in on a house purchase here. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Nearing, in. Nearing in. We got a few weeks. I'm still in fingers crossed mode, but George and Carol are going to be leaving behind the compost bins. Nice. <laughs> so I'm nice. going to need a browns and greens consult pretty soon here, Tassie. Can't wait. 
Wait Come to over, talk check dirt. my worms. <laughs> uh, the biggest point of contention between me and Danielle, most likely, is is just uh, the, the the indoor compost mm, bin. Right. Oh yeah. The, in, yeah. the indoor compost uh, carry. What's yeah. going on with that that dirty bin? But you've she got calls the, it, you've she got calls the it really garbage. Nice one now. I I've got she, the bamboozle. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty <laughs> container. It's made of bamboo. It's, it doesn't smell. It it absorbs Ooh. the smell. It's amazing. Wow. Not that it really your your uh, scraps really shouldn't smell anyways, but yeah, it's a point of contention maybe because she calls it garbage and I call it compost. Mm. I still mm. hate that she calls it garbage. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's under my skin, just like that dirt's under my nails. Can't wait uh, to get out there today. JD, what's your answer for this one? Yeah, you know, um, I'm getting older and uh, I need my bran, you know, every morning. <laughs> I, you know, you rail against the fading of the light as, uh, well, who was that? Dylan, uh, what was that Dylan guy? Dylan McKay? No, Dylan, uh, McDermott? Uh, I'm blanking on it. I'm losing my memory, obviously. Dylan from uh, 90210, wasn't No, it? no, he's a poet, guys. He's a Dylan poet. Dylan Thomas! That's it. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you know, you rail against the dying of the light and you don't think you're going to get old, but you do. Uh, I'm losing my hair. I got to gotta eat my brand to stay regular i need reading glasses it's inevitable i'm gonna need dick pills i like (laughs) it hasn't happened yet i'm hoping it never does but (laughs) that's right we got a discount code you could use you got the right job for sure exactly no shortage of 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 discount uh codes i got the blue chews i got the the romans to pick from so uh i don't know i just (laughs) Like, I never thought I would need reading glasses, but here I am. And I never thought I'd lose my hair, but, you know, here here I am. So it's it's just inevitable. I just know it. And and uh, rest assured, I will announce it on the show. When oh. it happens, <laughs> I'm going to share with the world that had to do it. Had to do it. So, yeah, that's my answer. Thank you for your honesty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I will say that it... There, I, I, it seems like I'm not even close to it. I'm not even close to it. <laughs> Maybe it was just a, yeah, you just Thank wanted you. to brag in there, really. Yeah. No, no. And then when I mentioned, I said, you know, maybe I'll just say, you know, Roman or something to Rachel this morning. And she's like, I, I can't even imagine a four hour boner on you would be the most annoying thing in the world. I'm like, yeah, I don't know that it works that way, but. Yeah, you're probably right. right. So. <laughs> well, that's when you're into the danger territory, isn't it? If mm, it's uh, four if hours it's, or longer. So. I believe so. Over four hours, yeah. then you get a problem. And that's, a, that's a, a hospital visit I don't want to make. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, next one. On Thursday's Daily Show, Lee explained how he sneaks his own popcorn into movie theaters. Size, price, and excess butter being his main complaint. So yes, excess salt as well. Anyway, name a time you smuggled something in somewhere because you just had to. Skeets. I actually couldn't think of a good answer for this, something that I did, that I smuggled in, but I was reminded of a time back in Montreal, a couple years ago now, with a bunch of friends going to Oshiega, which is a music festival. So that's a classic place where people try and smuggle things in, because you know, you, you, you're, you don't want to go get stuff, you lose your spot, everything costs ridiculous uh, you know, prices on these things. So our friend, uh, Lisa, smuggled in a bunch of vodka, and uh, I, I had never thought of this, it never crossed my mind, but she, she's an ample-bosomed woman, and she went with it 
under her breasts Ziploc bags like you got cards. Wow. TK. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then I learned that this is like a thing that a lot of women do to, to you know, to, to smuggle booze in, especially. Uh, but she had boobs. a Yeah, That's but she, she, had a, it, yeah. she had a leak. Uh-oh. She sprung a leak Ooh. at one point. Yeah. Uh, which which made for a messy situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the, the best story I could think of smuggling something in. I still so remember wait. learning it, like going, that's genius. Yeah. So, so they're like standard workaday Ziploc bags. Yeah, just full with, of vodka. But how do you... And then like, just sort of like... Uh, up and under the bra, like to the no, side. No, no, yeah. I get, the, I oh. get that part. But how do you consume it? Like, do you? Oh, just somebody go gets a gets a cup and buys a coke. I know, or whatever, but it whatever just seems want. awkward. Like, well, the whole yeah, thing yeah. is awkward. Yeah, we could have just times. bought a drink. You're right, but uh, yeah, <laughs> now we got a forty of vodka in here because yeah, <laughs> of because of vodka boobs or vodka tits, whatever <laughs> that's called. Yeah, what did you call it? Oh, what a move though! <laughs> Brilliant. It's great. Yeah. All right, Trey. I mentioned on the show briefly yesterday, I hadn't had a chance to eat anything, meeting up with the bros back home to see The Last Jedi, and lucky for me, the movie theater shared a parking lot with a Buffalo Wild Wings. Pocket Dogs, interestingly, had been invented that month, December 2017, so I was a hungry guy. Had to stop by B-dubs, grab me a quick order of 12 boneless mango habanero wings. There they are, right there, the pocket wings. Got a lot of questions about this last night. First and foremost, I went boneless wings because you don't want to be dealing with chicken bones in a movie theater. That's, you're breaking the rules already. You don't want to be leaving bones behind. And number two, people were saying, you got lined pockets. I didn't have lined pockets. Uh, But as you can see, clamshell packaging, it's almost like they want you to take those wings (laughs) into a theater. And there's not a lot of people around. So the smell was fine. All right, no, that's, that's just courteous. Boneless wings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. They're made you know for what? theaters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. JD, what do you got? Well, you know I'm a serial rules follower, so I, I don't generally smuggle things anywhere. But uh, one time uh, I was meeting my family in the Bahamas. Uh, who uh, they had rented a um, a like an uh, not a, it was before Airbnbs it was like a condo or whatever so it had a kitchen and stuff so my mother who is notoriously uh, um, cheap I would say <laughs> um, she wanted to bring she wanted me to bring some food right uh, for her like to just for us to eat so I had a massive like one of those massive baggies of like spaghetti bolognese sauce right mm-hmm. and then another one of chicken cacciatore Right from from the U.S. You're bringing it to the Bahamas. From Canada to the Bahamas. Oh my So gosh. in my bag. So it's like, okay, mom. I guess I guess I guess I'll make room for that. Anyway, the night before at midnight. This is before even email that um, I had. She called me and said, "Bring beer. The beer is ridiculously expensive here. Like, it, you know, for a, for a can of Kalik, it would be like five bucks American." So she was like desperate. She's like, you got to bring beer as well. I'm like, all right. So I had frozen spaghetti sauce, chicken cacciatore, big, big bags. There were eight of us in staying in this condo and 48 cans of Labatt Blue that I got at duty. I had to get it at duty free because my uh, my flight was at 6 a.m. Just jammed in. I had no clothes, just a bath- basically a bathing suit, a couple of T-shirts and that's it. And I got away with it, wow. so it was great. And only one of the cans broke, and it was a soft. It was my uh, backpack that I used for traveling around Europe, so it was soft. 
So I can't believe that nothing got punctured except for that one can of beer. So that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I was waiting for an explosion of bolognese sauce everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Worked perfectly. Yep. It's great. Wonderful. All right. Last one here. The Athletic Sam Amick reported that Mike D'Antoni is interested in the Blazers' head coaching vacancy. It seems like an odd fit considering Portland had the league's second worst defense. But, hey. It just might work. What's something in your life which appeared like a strange fit, but turned out better than expected? Skeets. I think growing a beard, if I'm being completely honest. Look, it's not a JD. It's not a Trey Kirby beard. It's not even a, a, a you know a well-manicured Tass Mellis beard. But it's better than I thought it would be when I started leaning into it. I thought we'd... Uh, I always knew I could do the Yao Ming neck beard. Thought it would be a lot more Paul Pierce patchy-like. And it's got patches. There's you know It's not perfect. There are spots. But it's way better than I ever thought it would be, and to the point where I've actually kept it for a while now. Especially the mustache part. That's the part mm. that really uh, really <laughs> shocked me. I've got a, a good mustache uh, thickness good there. Mustache. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, yeah. <laughs> Get a tight shot. Get a look, look. Have a look. It's beautiful. So, hold on. It's like, oh, this is so difficult when you're looking at yourself. So that's a little patch right there. Who knows what's going on there. This that's maybe the Bill up Cartwright, here. isn't it? Isn't Bill Cartwright had the little patch but in this. I got no, a great mustache. Beautiful. Yeah. Would you so, ever go uh, just stash? Well, I did it once for a joke. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it again for the, when I do take oh, it all yeah, off. I'll, I'll keep picture. a mustache. Yeah. I think you could pull it off. I think uh, you could pull mustache. off like a... Ooh, it's, it's like a, if you kept the soul <laughs> patch, it would be like Zappa, you know? Like, uh, I think you could do <laughs> it. Yeah. Cool. I think you could do it. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Uh, I don't mind like it. Look. Sort of evil. A little evil. Okay. In a good way. Yeah. That's my answer, if you will. (laughs) Yep. Trey, what do you got? A sour cream glazed donut just sounds ridiculous to me. Why would you put sour cream in a donut? But it's just for, like, the softness and the creaminess. And as we've said many times, a sour cream donut, one of the best. At least it's on the Mount Rushmore for me, but when you... It just sounds weird. I don't know, because for me... No doubt. The first thing I think of when I think of sour cream... How about y'all? Baked potato. Yeah. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Baked potato, yeah. number one. And then I would say maybe like a plate of nachos, nachos. number two. Yep. These are not anything like a donut. But you throw it in that donut, and it's nice. Hmm. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. You are correct. <laughs> you are correct, sir. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, sour cream's in a lot of things that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. I'm not a chef, but I think it is. And uh, next Friday, I'm looking forward to having a donut. I haven't had a donut in a long time. Uh, but there's a little daddy donut thing going on with my uh, my daughter's child care center. Oh wow! And daddy's gonna get a donut. And I know there will not be there will not be a sour cream donut there. I just know it's gonna be sprinkled crabzillas. And... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, free donuts in the break. The room. classic, yeah, the classic <laughs> Homer, Homer Simpson donut. The pink, the pink icing, and just the sprinkles. There'd be mm. tons of them, I think. Yeah. yeah. No maples. Nothing. <laughs> All right, JD, what do you got? <laughs> uh, I'll go for the low-hanging fruit on this one. Uh, back uh, back at Ryerson, I, I threw caution to the wind and uh, joined Tassie uh, in in a little show called The Sports Doctors. And here we are, 15, 17 years later. The experiment is still going, but it seems to work weirdly. I don't know anything about sports or basketball, <laughs> and yet... Uh, we're still going. So <laughs> crazy! Wow, gonna, you're gonna be at you're gonna 20 years in no time. Yeah, 
you can yeah. especially if you especially if you're counting yeah pre pre basketball Jones and you're and you're counting the sports doctors which why not why not yeah exactly why not I ch- I checked I'm... I crunched the numbers by the way sometime this summer very likely maybe the start of next season will have hit three thousand shows wow if you count the basketball Jones the starters the free agents and uh, and no dunks yeah <laughs> three thousand we are nearing in on Mr Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, it does work, JD. The only thing we're missing from our show is a nice little classic stinger like we used to have on Spirit Live at Ryerson. Mm. Spirit Live. <laughs> love, I just love a classic. Let's you know, radio, turn uh, Lee's Guns, of Rose, Guns N' Roses uh, whistling into a, a little stinger. <laughs> yeah, okay. That. Sure. <laughs> That's rapid fire. That's another episode of the Drop Podcast. Thank you so much to everybody for joining us all week long, for downloading and listening to the show. We appreciate y'all. If you didn't check it out, if you couldn't join us live, go check out last night's uh, happy hour watch party. We did have a lot of fun with Matty O swinging by. It always is a blast. We'll be back on Monday. If you're down at the Fortress tonight, come find your boys in the standing room only section. Uh, (laughs) Lee will be wearing one of his three Hawk shirts. Mm -hmm, So he'll stick mm -hmm. out like a sore thumb, you know, in a crowd of Hawk shirts. Uh, But it will be a blast. So come say hi. Back on Monday to break it all down. Uh, We'll see, uh, you know, where the series are at in all four of these. And hopefully uh, some of them are much more closer than they already are right now. Email in your questions for the next Beach Step and Podcast, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in at No Dunks Inc. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube if you haven't already. And go get your No Dunks merch over at No dunks.com trey you have fun tonight at that lake house man you take the night off you don't need to watch basketball tonight we're not doing a show tomorrow you'll catch up on it with the highlights like you said friday games basically don't exist there you go (laughs) everybody knows that remember we talked about it with the jazz earlier in the season you don't want to have a big win on a friday because people are going to forget about it by monday but i'll be tuned in on Mm. sunday but i'll never forget tonight's game at the fortress when uh i don't know danny green hits a game-winning three-pointer at the buzzer Uh, what happens if if Embiid beefs tonight, Trey, what's going to happen then? Because <laughs> that it's happened on last you, mate. time. Isn't it's it? on you. You got to do it. Yeah. Didn't it oh, when, when you now, went... now I actually. Oh, oh no! I put that oh, in his head. Oh, you just well, ruined it, my weekend, Lee. It happened when you went to Florida. Remember the first time? Yeah, you, I do uh, remember that. I was sitting in the front seat of my car by myself, recording a roast beef. <laughs> oh boy! Oh man! Well, I wasn't even gonna pack up my stuff, and now I got to. No, you don't. No, no I do. I'm coming no. home Monday no. morning. I'm gonna be rolling in from the lake to the stream, oh. trying to hop on here. I'm not gonna have a chance to chop up a beef. Oh boy, Alberto. Oh, I didn't know you were Come going on, the whole Capella, box him up. <laughs> Sorry, mom. The beef calls. <laughs> All right. Well, try and enjoy your weekend anyway. Even though we've now ruined it guys stay safe we'll see you on monday clipper bros thanks for joining us and remember mom get the beef loaf <laughs> mom roast beef <laughs> embrace the weekend people you could stay
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.